Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's go! Happy Saturday, everyone. You know what that means. That means it's the day of Ask RJS. I answer your questions. You answer my questions. If you want to get your thoughts on the show, use the hashtag AskRJS. That's A-S-K-R-J-S. Right before I sit down to record this episode, I do a search on Twitter for that hashtag, and I add the uh, relevant um, questions, thoughts, and comments into the show notes. And with that being said, let's get started. Um, Actually, no, let's not get started. Let's take just a second to make sure that everybody knows about a couple of things. Uh, first off, Patreon. Uh, this show is made by made possible by patrons like you, Get Switchcraft, and all my other content without any ads in it for as little as a buck over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And if you're looking for other ways to support the show, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. You can use my Amazon affiliate links to buy Nintendo Switch uh, eShop gift cards and then use those to buy your digital games, and that is a way to definitely support the show. Let's get started with our first comment, which comes in from Ryan Bradshaw. Um, I have to say that uh, he did something great. I was wrong about something that I talked about yesterday. Well, actually, I wasn't wrong. I was asking a question because I didn't know the answer. Uh, If you listened to Friday's episode... I was talking about the fact that in the Bioshock collection, they loaded the first few missions of Bioshock 1, the first few missions of Bioshock 2, and the first few missions of Bioshock Infinite onto the card, and the rest had to be downloaded. And I said, I wonder if you need a code to download the rest of the game, because if you do, that made it so that you can't really trade in the Bioshock collection on Nintendo Switch without being, uh, well, basically, the next person who bought it would be kind of screwed. And Ryan Bradshaw went out and they picked up Bioshock, the collection, the physical copy, and uh, this is what they had to say. They said, hey, Bill, I have a physical copy, and there are no codes included. Just an FYI. I am disappointed in the large download required. I did have to order a micro SD card. Um, by the way, if you're looking for micro SD cards, use my Amazon affiliate link. It helps out. Uh, Ryan Bradshaw, thank you very much for sending that in because, uh, you know, on Friday I was asking about that. I wasn't sure if that was the case. And I'm really happy to say that there's no code required. So that means if Ryan gets tired of Bioshock, the collection and wants to, uh, sell it to somebody, they can still download all of that stuff that they have to in order to play the full games. Now, if you fast forward, I don't know, 10 years when the Switch's um, eShop stuff all gets shut down, at that point, that game won't work the same way anymore. You won't be able to download all of that stuff. But, you know, who? 
Okay, I'm going to say something, and everybody's going to get mad at me. I was about to say, who's going to be playing Bioshock Collection on their Nintendo Switch in 10 years? I'm sure that there's somebody listening to this right now, and they're like, I'm going to be, I, I just played a game on my PS Vita yesterday. So, Bill, I might play this game uh, in 10 years. And you know what? You're right. Maybe you will. But keep in mind that if you have the physical uh, version, then it will require a download, and that download may not be available forever. So that's just a quick little PSA for everybody out there. Leo Stern wrote in on Twitter with a very, very awesome prompt as to like, what do I think about something? And it really makes me want to know everybody else's thoughts on this. So here's what Leo had to say. Uh, He said, it's most often the case that no matter how much I love a game and no no matter how long the game, I'm ready for it to be over at about 75% mark. And that last 25% is a slog. I'm curious if others have this issue. But it is rare that I don't finish a game, that I've gotten past half the halfway mark. So here's a few things to discuss. One, do other folks have this issue? Two, at what point of a game is the point of no return in terms of having to finish it? Three, do people regret not finishing acclaimed games? For instance, I got 25% into Hollow Knight, Shovel Knight, and Super Metroid and just reached a point where it wasn't fun and quit. I didn't have any regrets. Had I reached the 50% mark, I probably would have just sucked it up and finished. So first off, Leo, thank you very much for sending in this topic because I think this is a really, really great topic. So first off, do other folks have this issue? We're only going to know if other folks have this issue if everybody replies to it. So if you guys check out the show notes, and this is on my website, runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 535, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, you can obviously just go to the show notes right in your podcast player. Well, on most podcast players, you can. I don't know if you can on every single podcast player. And if you can't, then maybe you might want to find yourself a different podcast player. But anyway, uh, so reply to Leo and to me, because I would love to hear what everybody thinks about this. This is a really, really good question. I can only speak for myself. I definitely have this issue. I don't know if it's necessarily that the game turns into a slog. It's that I can see the other games that are coming out, the other things that are very interesting to me, and I have trouble resisting the temptation to try something new instead of sticking with the other game that I've been playing. This is something that I've always kind of dealt with. Now, when I was younger... When I was just a wee little boy, um, that wasn't necessarily the case. And the reason why, there just weren't as many games that you could play. You had a game and you played that game for months for two reasons. A, games were really expensive. B, the the games uh, were were, uh, not, there just wasn't a whole lot of options out there. Now today... I will start playing a game and it's it's got to be a ridiculously fantastic game if I even get to the 50% mark because most games I feel like they hold my attention 
for about 10 to 15 hours or so. Uh, A game has to be really fantastic for me to play it beyond that. And there are games that I have played for 50 or 60 hours, never finished them. Uh, Final Fantasy, oh, you know what? Uh, let's jump to, to his his uh, his third one. Uh, he says, "Do people regret not finishing acclaimed games?" I I don't know if I regret it, but Final Fantasy VII on the PS One. You remember that back in the day? Like I put tons of hours into that game. I played that game so much. I had so much fun with it. But then I got to the last boss. And I was never really into JRPGs until I played Final Fantasy VII. So I didn't understand the concept of grinding. I just went through the story. And I had a lot of fun doing it, but I never really did the grinding. And in JRPGs, you definitely have to grind in order to make your characters powerful enough to defeat the last boss at the end of the game. And I got to the last boss at the end of the game in Final Fantasy VII... And he was just too difficult for me to kill. And I never finished it. I never finished Final Fantasy VII. And guess what? I never finished Final Fantasy VII on my PS4 either. Uh, I, I'm still very early in that game. Now, that has nothing to do with the quality of the game. And for me, it has far more to do with the fact that I'm just too busy Um, playing games that I need to play in order to make a video about them for one of my various YouTube channels or to talk about them on the show. And PS4 is a game that I got for me, not for work. And so it always tends to go on the back burner. Now, my next big problem with playing games is getting back to them. I have what I would would say is a goldfish memory. I never remember really good details about stuff. So let's say I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake on my PS4. And when it first came out, I was playing it probably every day for, I wouldn't say a couple hours, but, you know, a good chunk of time. And uh, I haven't played it in a couple of weeks because I was busy playing other stuff, making videos for stuff or whatever. If I picked that game up right now, I would I would have the urge to start from the beginning because I don't feel like I remember enough about, not necessarily the plot, because I know exactly where I am in the plot, but I don't remember enough about the mechanics, and I feel like I would need to start from scratch so that I could see the tutorials again, and that right there is a, a a roadblock or a hurdle that gets in my way of getting back to old games. And this happens to me all the time. You know, I'll be playing a game, something new will come out, I'll switch to that new game, and my brain will say, well, it's going to be fine. You can get back to that old game once you try out this new thing. I try out the new thing for a little bit. And then whenever I try and get back to the old game, I'm just not as good because I'm rusty and I don't remember all of the mechanics. So uh, it's very rare that I finish a game for a lot of reasons. Uh, Number two was his second part of his question. At which point of the game is the point of no return in in terms of having to finish it? For me, there is no point of no return. 
I will play a game until I feel like I had a lot of fun with it and I'm not really having fun anymore or I'm having too much fun doing something else and so I don't get back to it. And I could be on the last boss and not finish a game because of many different reasons. Maybe it's not fun anymore. Maybe there was something that happened in the game that ticked me off. Maybe uh, maybe uh, I've, I've got a new game that's um, you know distracting me from it. But I would love to hear what everybody else thinks about this. I think that this is an awesome prompt and can generate some really, really great discussions. So if you haven't already followed me, on Twitter, I'm at RunJumpStomp, and I am going to retweet uh, Leo's tweet. Uh, it's actually a a thread. Uh, I'm going to retweet this thread so that people can see it and hopefully respond to it because I think that this is very, very interesting, and I can't wait to read all of the things that people have to say about not finishing these acclaimed games that they never got through. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks for the question, Leo. Sega. Hot hits today. Hot hits on the way. Plug in to today's hottest arcade hits. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So back on Monday, I tweeted out a question wondering what people thought about the Metroid Prime Trilogy rumors. And I basically I said, if the Metroid Prime Trilogy rumors are true, will you be picking up the collection in June? And will it be your very first time playing those games? 41% of those that answered said yes, and it will be their first time playing. 30% said yes, they will be they they have played it before. 18% said no, and they've never played it. And 9% said no, they've played it before. So if you add those up, uh, it's roughly 60% of people who responded to this have said, yeah, they would definitely be picking up Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Nintendo Switch. And even though I've played those games before, I would pick those up as well. Because I'm much more likely to finish a game if it's on the Nintendo Switch. And that's because I can take it from room to room to room. Outside of World of Warcraft or Star Wars The Old Republic or any other MMO that I've played, it's very difficult for me to put a large number of hours into a game. And being able to take the Nintendo Switch from my office to the TV in the next room, to the TV downstairs, and be able to take it anywhere I want, that allowed me to put over 200 hours into Breath of the Wild, my favorite game of all time. And when I first saw Breath of the Wild, I said to myself, this doesn't feel like the kind of game that would do well in a portable format because this is the kind of game I feel like you want to you want to tuck in and really dedicate some time to. But the thing that I was wrong about is that by playing it on the Nintendo Switch, 
I was able to say, oh, I have a spare 10 minutes. Let me open it up and make a little bit of progress in Breath of the Wild. So I always had Breath of the Wild kind of going. And I feel like, um, you know, games are much easier to finish when you can play them wherever you happen to be. So Metroid Prime Trilogy, I bought the first one, Metroid Prime, on my GameCube. In fact, I have a copy on the shelf behind me. Uh, Love, love, love Metroid Prime. I don't think that I played Metroid Prime 2, and I I don't know why. Uh, but I ended up picking up or borrowing Metroid Prime 3. And again, really enjoyed that one. Although, I have to say, I prefer the GameCube controls to the motion controls of the Wii. So if we do get Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Nintendo Switch, I do. I hope that it will give us the option to use button controls instead of motion controls. I think that that would be better, it, just in my opinion. Um well, I got distracted by my own thoughts, and now I'm not sure where I was going with that. Uh, oh, yeah, wh- whether or not I would pick it up again. So then the game came to the the Wii U. Uh, I think it was $10 for the trilogy, or maybe they were $10 a piece. I can't remember. But I remember at the time when they came out, I said, oh, this is a really, really good deal. And I had the limited edition Wii U that had like the Zelda stuff. It was black and it had like gold Zelda stuff on the outside. And one of the cool things about that particular console is when you bought games from the eShop, you earned money to spend on the eShop, which was really, really... Actually, I don't even think it had to be games from the eShop. Whenever you bought games, you earned money to spend on the eShop. So I think that I got those games basically for free by spending my pretend money uh, on those games. And I had, I, I played just a little bit of it, but this was right around the time that I was playing tons and tons of, I'm going to say either World of Warcraft or Star Wars The Old Republic. And Metroid Prime Trilogy just did not grab my attention at that point, especially because I was like, well, it's sitting there. I can always get back to it. But right now I can play my MMO with my friends and we can all have fun talking to each other while we're playing. And that's, you know, playing a single player game, I can't do that. That's actually why I not not I mean, not to go off on too crazy of a tangent, but that's actually the reason I got into content creation was because I wanted to play single player games and I wanted to be able to talk to people while I was playing single-player games. So I decided that the best way for me to do that would be to stream those games on Twitch and be able to talk to the people in chat while I'm playing a game. It's weird that now these days I very rarely get to stream games on Twitch, but the social aspect uh, that always seems missing from single-player games, very, very... It makes it very difficult for me to stick with a single-player game for a long time because I just feel like I'm missing out on a conversation that I would rather have. Uh, Anyway, uh, so when Metroid Prime Trilogy comes, I think I'm going to be picking it up on the Nintendo Switch. Will it come in June? I don't know. Uh, Let's see what people had to say. Uh, Chris Biting 
or betting. I don't know how to say his name. Chris, uh, who is a cool dude, he said yes, no. So yes, he's going to be picking it up. No, it is not his first time playing. Uh, Tim T says, I had the GameCube versions of Metroid Prime, which I played on my Nintendo Wii. I loved it, and I can't wait to play them again. I don't usually enjoy games in the first-person perspective, but Prime was so atmospheric and not as jarring as other first-person games. I can't wait. Bug Hunt Man said, I already own the original releases, but playing the GameCube games on a widescreen 4K TV is both a hassle and an eyesore. And that's a really good point as well. If you want to play these old games... It's kind of hard to do. And, you know, having them come to a modern system that has HDMI out makes things so much easier. All right, before we move on to the next topic, there is a related uh, message that came in from Glow Plasma 231 on our community Discord. Remember to join our community Discord. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Anyway, Glow Plasma says, Bill, what do you think of the idea that Metroid Prime 4 could be an open-world game like Breath of the Wild, just with blasters and first-person? All right, I have to say, I hate that idea. I want Metroid Prime 4 to be just like the other Metroid Prime games. I want to be a first-person, basically a first-person adventure game uh, the way that they were before, and not an open world kind of game like Breath of the Wild. That being said, does that mean I would hate it if that happened? No. Let's go back to when Nintendo first announced that they were going to make Metroid Prime a first-person game. When they said that, everybody said that that was a huge mistake and it would be awful. And somehow, Nintendo was able to translate the 2D side-scrolling Metroid games into this this 3D first-person perspective, and they did it in such an amazing way that they it still felt like Metroid. So if there's anybody out there that can take a game that is in one genre, a Metroidvania genre, for instance, and convert it into a different genre... Nintendo is the company that can do that. Do I think it's likely that that happens? I think that it's very, very unlikely that it happens. Would I like to see Metroid Prime 4, or I'm sorry, a Metroid game like Breath of the Wild with blasters in first person? Sure, but they shouldn't call it Metroid Prime 4. Metroid Prime 4 should be like the other Metroid Prime games, and then be done with the Metroid Prime series and make a new Metroid game that follows Samus on a different adventure with a different genre, I guess. Anyway, thank you for the comment, Glowplasma. I think it's an interesting uh, conundrum. I don't think it's going to happen, though. When it comes to space games, nobody compares to Atari. Excuse me. Have you compared them to Intellivision? Intellivision? Sure, they've got great space games, like Intellivision Space Battle. I didn't know. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I have one last topic, I think. Yeah, one last topic to talk about today. And back on uh, yesterday, I tweeted out, I said, now that Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is out on Nintendo Switch, did you pick it up and what do you think? And let's take a look at the poll 12.9% picked it up. They said, yes, I picked it up, and it's better than expected. 6.5% said, yes, it's as expected. 0% said, yes, I picked it up. It's worse than expected. And 80% said that they did not pick it up. Uh, I have not picked up the game yet. I'm still, like, I, I talked to my wife about it yesterday, and she said, go ahead and pick it up if you want. But again... I know that I won't have time to really sink my teeth into this because of uh, of uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online coming to Google Stadia uh, in less than two weeks, I believe. Uh, maybe two weeks exactly. I'm very excited for that, and I know that there's no way in hell that I can finish Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition in two weeks. It's just That's an impossibility for somebody like me who has very little time to actually play games because I spend way too much time talking about them. Anyway, let's look at what some of the people said who replied to the tweet. Uh, Webhead says, I need to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 2 first. And I would, you know what? Guess what? I didn't finish Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I probably have around 60 to 70 hours in that game and I had a lot of fun with it. And I have to say that that is one of my favorite JRPGs of all time. It's got a wonderful combat system. However, there are so many different aspects to the combat system that if I were to pick that game up again, right, like stop recording right now, pick it up and start playing, I would feel completely lost and I would have to get back into it. You know, there was this thing that I talked about on one of my shows a long time ago that I would absolutely love if every video game did this. They put in a menu option that said, hey, I can't remember how this game is going. Can you give me a a reminder about where I am in the plot? And then give me a couple of tutorial missions just to try out to see if I can wrap my head around how the mechanics of this game work again. And it just be like on the main menu... You can just hit this button that I'm, you know, maybe it just says, I'm old and I haven't played this in a while. Teach me again, sensei. Uh, That would be amazing. And I would probably go back to some of these old games uh, that I never finished. I feel like that's kind of been the theme for today's show. Uh, Anyway, Alex M. Gray says, I probably won't pick it up for a while. I'm I'm enjoying Trials of Mana at the moment. Uh, Denvi says, I'm not planning on getting it. It was my favorite Wii game, but I don't have the desire to drop another $60 on it. And I don't have the time either. And, you know, I want to respond to that comment because I think that that really kind of hits home with me. Um, finding the time to play these games, like 
there's so many times when a game company, a developer or a publisher will say, this game has X number of hours of content. And they always say that giant number like it's a huge badge of honor. And most of the time, that kind of scares me away. I look at a game and they're like, this has 300 hours to, to complete this game. And I look at that and I say, I, I can't possibly play this. I'm going to give you an example. I own this game twice. Uh, the Witcher 3, I bought when it was probably either on a Steam sale or a Humble Bundle sale. I got it for incredibly cheap. Um, and then I received a review copy of it for the Nintendo Switch. Now, I did play both of them, but I have to admit, probably only about five hours of each. And every time that I talk, like there's this one friend of mine who every time we talk about video games, you know, he says, did you did you play The Witcher 3 yet, Bill? Did you play The Witcher 3 yet? Have you started playing The Witcher 3? And every time I say, you know what? No, I haven't because I know how much content is in that game. And I just don't have the time to dedicate to it. So I understand what Denvi is saying here. Uh, We'll look at one more answer, and that comes from M.E. Bennett. And they said, I have played it before on the 3DS, but man, did the upscale take this to a whole different level. Recommended to pick this up, especially physically. All right. So thank you very much to everybody who replied to any of the prompts that I sent out. If you want to make sure that you get your thoughts on the show, of course, use that hashtag that I told you about before, AskRJS. Follow me on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. Throughout the week, I tweet out these ideas for discussion points for the Saturday show. And by the way, it doesn't have to be about Nintendo. It could be about anything. So here's my uh, my here's what I'm going to do. I believe on Thursday of uh, next week, we are getting some big PS4 news. Uh, I'm going to definitely want to talk about that on Saturday's episode because Nintendo does not live in a vacuum. So what I'm going to do is after we see whatever this big PS5 news is, I'm going to tweet out uh, a prompt about it and we will talk about it on Saturday's episode. Anyway, let's uh, let's 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 finish out the show. Become a part of the community over at runjumpstomp.com/discord. You can also watch the show live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, except on next Monday. Next Monday, I can't do the show live because I have an appointment at the same time that I normally record the show on Monday. So I don't know when the show will come out on Monday, but it's not going to be at its regular time. Um, but if uh, most Monday was Wednesdays and Fridays, you can watch the show live over at my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Uh, this show is part of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. If you want more information about it, check us out over at gstu.net. And the music that you are hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>